Out Talk Radio, a show that connects veterans with the services and benefits they've earned. Now, here's your host, Eric Segundo, Director of Veteran Services for Ludlow, Jared Sasson, Director of Veteran Services for Wilbraham, and Jesus Pereira, Superintendent of the Veterans Assistant Commission of Winnebago County. Eric Segundo, Jared Sasson, Jesus Pereira, a.k.a. Jesus. Jesus. Gentlemen, what's happening? Oh, you know, what's another going on. Another stellar week. Veteran services. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not through my first cup of coffee yet, so I'm struggling a little bit here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. You put any uh that uh Chicago not Chicago, I'm sorry. I said it again. Illinois stuff in there. I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> what, there you go. Is is it a really like uh what is that? That uh, see, I don't drink, so I don't know that blackberry brandy they put in in, in there to warm them well, up. Well, one, I'm on the clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm having just regular coffee, everybody. Uh, just regular coffee. Re- okay, yeah. to all the commissioners who are listening, this is just <laughs> coffee. That's it. That's all. We could we could restart the show. You want to restart the show? No. <laughs> Cut. Edit. Let's yeah. start all over again. <laughs> if only it was that easy, right? No, things yeah, things are busy out here. Of course, um, we we've been meeting with some local agencies. Uh, the uh, the latest one was one that provided basically assistance with ADLs, but they weren't they weren't like really a nursing program. They were more like CNAs, um, but they're uh, partnered with the VA, so that's great. So all they need to do is like if we have veterans that are in the VA healthcare system. Uh, all they got to do is just call the VA and said, Hey, I need help with some ADLs. And, you know, and, and if they meet the VA healthcare eligibility, they're, they're able to get assistance, which is, but they great. have to and be enrolled. They have to be enrolled. That is it, man. I spent, I wanted to play a segment and I think I even said, and I got that look from everyone. I even said, I do a radio show and we talk about enrolling in the VA and everyone rolled their eyes. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm on a radio show. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it, hundred percent. That's fine. But yeah, we we totally support the idea that you know veterans should be signing up for VA healthcare. It is absolutely the gateway to everything. Stop showing up at my stop showing up at my doorstep when it's like someone's in hospice and you need something right away. It, oh my god, it's sad. But it, I mean, it hurts you because you know that it could have been so simple by having could that application submitted. In the you have a VA doctor, you visit once a year. You don't need it, right? Keep your health insurance, keep everything you have. But anyway, that that was a show of a show, and that could be a pre another show at another day. But right now, we're going to talk about last week. I feel like we're in space balls. Whatever's happening now is happening now. When when did it just happen? Just now, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so listen, last <laughs> week we talked about your claim is filed, what to expect, the process, the comp and pension exams, the adjudication, the what was it, the acronym again? V S, uh, the Veteran Service Rep. Uh, radar. Oh, v- uh, uh, yes. R and that's right. That's yes, right. absolutely. And you know what? If I knew this was going to go to four episodes on this subject, we should have came up with some catchy like Star Wars style. Uh, here I am <laughs> again with Star Wars. Like this one will be like a New Hope, maybe <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or Revenge of the Claim. You know, who knows? Yeah. And we went full from, disclosure. Uh, I've yep. never I never got into Star Wars. Uh, that's, under- that's understandable. Neither well, there's got to be one of us, so I guess there's I'm no it. there's no Puerto Rican actors in Star Wars. I don't think. So. Uh, well, wait, that's not true. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> I gotta think of, of his name. Um, well, Delicio then. del Toro was in uh was in um. Come on, he's Puerto Rican. I don't know if he's Puerto Rican. I know he's Spanish. 
I'm sorry. Good point. Good point. You win that round. I I can't. If you'd like, I'll go through the entire cast and see if any of them have Puerto Rican descent. Perfect. I'll let you know. Uh, All right. Listen, so if you missed that show or any previous show, especially when it came to this disability topic, we got show one, two, three. And today we're doing number four, part four of this series. You can go online. Uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, or the Lolo Veterans website, uh, www.lolloveterans.us, or you can go to our VSO uh, Talk Radio Facebook page where all the shows are on there. Go back, listen to them. Listen to them in order if you can because it talks about from the beginning when you first think of filing a claim to your claim submitted and the comp and pen. And today we're going to talk about what happens after it's been adjudicated in your favor or not in your favor and what we do next, right? But we want to thank all our listeners, those locally and those afar. And this week, who do we have, Jared? Oh, we got, and this one is uh, is interesting to me, but the Dallas, Oregon. The Dallas, Oregon. A very interesting name. Uh, Chesterfield, Virginia. Tampa, Florida. Las Vegas, Nevada is back. And our uh, listener from Melbourne, Australia and Germany. Thank you guys so much for consistently tuning in and listening to what we have. As you know, yeah, we provide. And I want to give a quick. Oh, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt your flow, but I got to give a quick shout You're out good. to the, the Maliks. The Maliks are uh, Holyoke veterans that uh, winter in Florida and they tune in. Get out. That's right. They're the Florida so, folks. And, oh, that's and they, they shared our information with uh, uh, members in their community. So want to thank the Maliks for everything they're doing out there in Florida and for supporting veterans wherever they are. Absolutely. We, lo- we love all of our snowbird uh, veterans and their families who tune in. So abs- thank you. Thank yeah. You and much. there's a lot of uh, local or, uh, you know, local to uh, Jesus's area, some of the cities around you, and then all of Massachusetts, a, a lot of downloads, but you have too many to, to mention them. So that's why we just mentioned those that are like a little distance for us. But, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, what are we averaging a week? Uh, over a hundred plus, hundred plus downloads. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. That's not bad uh, at all. Um, and they're they're just all over. So we named the ones that are you know new because we do have our regulars, right? You have your regulars from uh, what's that middle of the country there? We that download us all the time. Uh, oh, Cheyenne. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cheyenne. Oh, Cheyenne. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, is you know, everyone is new at one point. And then they consistently come back. That's right. Um, and, you know, sometimes we like to highlight those that are still tuning in after all this time, like our friends from Germany. I think Germany has literally downloaded every episode. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. So that's right. either that or there's an AI in Germany that's downloading every episode. <laughs> I think <laughs> those were the... It counts, it, the, though. It still counts. It still counts. Still yeah. counts. So We did but, have the folks from over India, right? Yes, we did. They only popped in. They're not still listening. No, no. Oh, okay. That one time. Maybe they didn't like the content. Uh, But we do provide information on local and federal veterans benefits for those who have downloaded our podcast. We ask that you share it uh, with your friends on social media platforms. And don't forget to add the hashtag VSOTR or VSO Talk Radio. That's right. So on the other side of the break, again, we're going to talk. We're going to have this conversation. This is Port Part. There goes my English is not very good looking. Not very good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we're going to talk. It's uh, disability claims. Part four. The claim has been decided. Can I get the Star Trek soundtrack Uh, there? Oh. The claim has been decided. What happens? Is it in your favor or is it not? And then what the process is. What do you need to do to either... Get it in your favor, right? Is it a new hope or is it revenge of the claim? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh 
right. We just lost a bunch of listeners. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, buddy. There goes Melbourne. There, they just fell off. Right there. All right, you're listening to VSL Talk Radio. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Ludlow Community TV and the Town of Ludlow. Additionally, Ludlow Community TV program can be viewed on demand and through live streaming at ludlowtv.org. Whenever someone decides to join the military, they're entitled to an entire suite of benefits, especially if they become ill, injured, or wounded in the line of duty. Many times it requires cumbersome government paperwork to be able to claim these benefits. The VFW is there to help service members and veterans navigate the benefits that they're entitled to. Let someone else handle it for you. Seek out an accredited rep. If you need to find one, visit vfw.org nvs or call 1-800-VFW-1899. In honor of our Vietnam veterans, the Lolo Veterans Services Department is hosting a free bus trip for Vietnam veterans to visit the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Fall River, Mass. The wall, which is located in Bicentennial Park in Fall River, is an 80% scale sized replica of the wall in Washington, D.C. And the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall in Fall River pays respects to the fallen heroes and helps to ensure that their ultimate sacrifice will never be forgotten. Buses will leave at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, March 26, from the Lolo Veterans Center. Reservations is required and space is limited. So call today, 413-707-5050 to reserve your spot. Vietnam veterans and a guest will attend for free. Lunch will be provided. Once again, please call 413-707-5050. When our veterans came home from serving their country, the American Legion helped them with the GI Bill to get a head start. When they came home from Vietnam, we helped those affected by Agent Orange to get care and compensation. Now, a new generation is dealing with their own challenges. Every day, 22 veterans who put their lives on the line for our country came home and took their own. As it has for over 100 years, the American Legion continues to advocate for our veterans so when they leave service, there's a place for them to go to continue serving and, when needed, to get help. You're listening to VSO Talk Radio. If you miss our show, be sure to download us on Google, Apple, or Spotify. You can even catch us on our website at www.ludlowveterans.us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you are in need. To be courageous and strong. For better. For worse. To be your loving, faithful friend, child, parent, neighbor. Learn how you can help a veteran experiencing mental health challenges at maketheconnection.net. This program is produced in partnership with Ludlow Community TV. Ludlow Community TV produces local programming and helps felicitate communications between the town of Ludlow, community organizations, and its residents. Hey, welcome back. So uh, just to kind of catch you up, we previously discussed in part one or episode one types of disability claims and how to file them. And in part two, we discussed evidence, types of evidence needed in your claim. And in part three, your claim is filed, your evidence is submitted. 
what happens next. Now we're going to go into part four, uh, which is your claim has been decided, whether it's, you know, in a positive or a negative, we're going to discuss both sides and see what is necessary. And obviously a lot of what we're saying will always harken back to previous episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and take a listen to those as there's some good information in there. That's right. So Jesus, uh, the claim has been approved. Oh, we're going that route first. We're going positive. We got to go positive. We got to go, go positive. That's probably the easiest, right? Your yeah. your 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 claims approved, right? So, well, what what usually happens is a whole bunch of money hits your bank account. Yeah, and you go, "What the heck is this money?" <laughs> right? And it's typically if you did get an approval for your VA claim, uh, it is the back pay for your effective, you know, to the effective date of your claim, uh, being deposited into your into your account. Um, at this point, you know the 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 rating, uh, the VSR has already looked at the comp and pen exams. They looked at everything. They've determined that what you have is enough to grant your claim. Okay. Um, and what they do is they set the effective date based off of member of the intent to file that you did, or maybe you didn't do, or the date of your claim. That'll be your effective date. They'll back pay you to that date. Yeah. Um, one thing to look at when you do get your, your rating, like I, like I said, you'll get probably money in the bank account and then something in the mail sometime after direct deposits a, always faster than the postman yeah always uh you you know hopefully you're working with a vso who has access to vbms and they can look in the system to see exactly what you've been rating for and why now vsos and along with um you know the veteran you should really be looking at they they rate all the conditions that you applied for mm-hmm. start there uh so, sometimes the, right sometimes if yeah. they're uh is enough evidence to decide one claim but not another, right? The rater will make a decision on on some, and they would defer De- rating. Defer the other one. On right. The so, but sometimes, and this has happened, they absolutely ignore and don't rate one of the conditions that you put up there. Now, if they weren't um, added to a combined rating of something else, like mental health, right? You can only have like one. You can't pyramid. We, we should have a like a for that pyramid <laughs> pyramid um uh, you, you can only get rated for one of those conditions you know you can't pyramid them uh but sometimes they totally miss one of the things that you put in there yes and so your vso wants to make sure that they look wait, at wait that did you stuff. say oh there we are yes yeah okay go ahead sorry <laughs> right. there you go um that's it but that's it you, you want to make sure that what you've been authorized is right what you filed for has been decided properly and the vso should be looking at if you're rated at the correct percentage And they do this by looking at the schedule of ratings and looking at your DBQ and going, that checkbox meets this minimum, that checkbox meets this minimum, that should be this rating. And if it's wrong or we think that it's wrong, then you can file an appeal for that. Absolutely. So let's say everything's right. Or um, actually, you know, let's not not, not say everything's right. We can't go that way. Um, Let's say everything was connected and... As the way you looked at the DBQ as it was submitted, it was appropriately rated. But the veteran says, listen, I'm very happy that they made the connection. But my injury, I was only there for 15, 20 minutes. They didn't really catch all of it. That's that's on segment two. That's segment after two. the break. We're going to talk about all, oh, okay. the, all the what is. So, that's, that's, so well, even though this is a positive, that there can be some aspects of it. Because it may be something where you submit additional evidence or re resend it to absolutely get relooked yep. at. Okay, perfect. Okay, then. Yeah. Now they, they you know, the, the VA says that you'll see payment within you know fifteen days of rating. Uh, you're, you're gonna. It's almost always you're gonna see a payment pr- before you even see um, 
No, I think they meant to say you're going to get the letter within 15 days of your deposit. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it should be. I mean, I've li- literally, there's nothing better, though. There's no better feeling than when a vet comes up to you and says, uh, what is this? And it's either a paper check, which very rarely does that happen. But uh, and they show you like a deposit into there and it says VA and it's for some large amount. And you're like, oh, that's uh, yeah. that's your VA money. Well, I, I didn't get my uh, I didn't get nothing saying so. Yeah. What yeah, do I do with it? You know, and the thing the thing is, too, is once you get rated, you have gotten the golden key. You have unlocked master level in life. That's it. Because that's right. that makes you eligible for VA healthcare, That's life it. insurance, possible education benefits. And and, and, and uh, we're only talking about, uh, oh, go ahead. There's a couple more there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. If if you get rated 30% or greater, you get a, a dependent stipend. Um, there's And then on top of that, you got to go into your local municipalities and in your state to see what they grant you. Cause that's everyone thinks like VA is all VA and I'm a veteran and all the benefits come from one place. No VBA gives you benefits, which is federal government. VHA will give you healthcare, which is federal government. Now look into your local municipalities. A lot of them offer uh, state benefits, for your local cities, towns. They yeah, all may have different benefits. Stuff that opens up. A lot we of ancillary benefits in this situation. Yeah. Yep. You know, once Tons. you got a disability rating and now gives you access to get on the commissary, the PXs on the bases, there are benefits to that. Disabled veterans, you can, or, or veterans and uh, just, you know, even simple things like access to national parks and, you know, like once you you've gotten a rating and you are considered a disabled veteran, doesn't matter what the percentage is, there are different benefits that may come out of that. But you know, and and I know you just said, but I just want to highlight it one more time. You know what the best, in my opinion, the best benefit, all the money aside, everything else aside, even at the lowest rating, it gets you into VA healthcare. That's right. Yeah, VA healthcare, which is is monumental. If you were to equate what those costs are, all right, you know, yeah. beyond. So. That just brought something up that we don't have on here, but here's here's the caveat. If you applied for VA health care in the past before your claim, before you filed any claim, and was denied for whatever reason, income, this, that, whatever, with a VA service-connected disability, it changes. Now you are eligible to get into the VA because of the service connection. That's it. You'll go right in yeah. under priority group level three. Yep. Yeah, and we talked about uh, VA healthcare in a, uh, one of our other shows, and we talked about the different priority groups, and they change based off of your service connection. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you pass the fifty percent mark in VA uh, service connection ratings, you no longer pay for like copays for medicine and all this other stuff. It, it's just fabulous. And, and and again, listen to the show. But the fact that you get free glasses and you know prosthetics is, is like. Phew, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So you 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 filed your claim and. For those that are lucky enough, they receive um, 100% disability rating. So what are some of the old benefits that come with the 100%? With 100%? Um, so, uh, you know, just based off of, again, each state is different too. We here in Massachusetts have an amazing uh, veteran annuity. So you get $2,000 a year once in uh, February, once in August. But through the VA, now you're talking about free dental. If you get past 70%, you're talking about free long-term care for some of our veterans who desperately need assisted living or or skilled nursing home care, if if God forbid it gets that bad. You're talking about a whole slew. I mean, dental alone, a lot of people ask, well, how do I get dental through the VA? Sadly, either A, you have to have a, uh, you know. Service connected of the mouth. Of the mouth. Or or, 100%. Or 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, so? I try to tell that to one of our uh, hundred percenters. He's like, you know, something else happened to him. He added a rating. And he's like, this is all I get. I don't get any more. I'm like, look, you already have VA healthcare. You have dental. You at a hundred percent. Here's the other thing. Anything after fifty percent rating, uh, under most conditions, you can get your military retirement and your disability oh, compensation yep. Concurrent concurrently. Yep. There are some conditions you must meet. I don't want to get into that because that's CRSC and CRDP. That's an op. That's that's an option. That's possible. That's out there. You get dependents education assistance for 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 those that are 100 percent disabled. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a benefit. Champ VA, Champ VA, VA healthcare. Sure. So VA healthcare up to this point is just for the veteran. There's no benefit for a spouse or family members. When you get to the 100 percent rating, you, you now have access to Champ VA, which is you know uh, for for your your spouses. Yep, and then um, life insurance too. There's a, a life insurance yeah, is big. Yep. Here's here's one that a lot of people miss. There's a hundred percent disabled veteran student loan forgiveness program out there. That that's is a big one. Big. That's right. We don't see it as much because we don't. I, I mean, we don't get a hundred percent veterans all the time. At least in comparison to the the number of claims we do. But when you hit that hundred uh, percent, things change a lot. Um, you know, uh, you know, again, local benefits, uh, tax abatements based on the disability rating. And then uh, there's another one here, right? Uh, special clothing allowance, right? If your injury uh, requires you to buy new clothes, simple things like that. But I mean, it, it opens it up, right? Um, and then there is, uh, we talk about if you can't work due to the disability, right? You can file for the uh, individual unemployability, even That's without correct. the 100%. If you're found unemployable, you get the 100% rating. So, yep. Home adaption yeah. loans, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or just... even free home adaption grants. And, yep. just, and just as advice, uh, in, in my world, you know, I've met a lot of folks that are IU, individual unemployability. And what that means is the person is not 100% rated, but they have a condition that precludes them from having gainful employment. So then if, if awarded, they're treated as 100%er. So they get paid as 100% and everything else. But being IU limits how much money you can earn if you ever decide to go back to work. And if you ever find yourself in gainful employment, you can lose IU. Yes. So if there's a route to go through to get a straight scheduler 100, try, try to go that route. So and, and that's a good. So and I know you just said it in that terms, but just for those listening. So what you're saying is, Jesus, is if I'm 100 percent, just straight 100 percent, not IU, am I allowed to hold down gainful employment and not be penalized by the VA? You could be Elon Musk and be 100 percent service connected. Literally. There's no level of you can work all you want because you got to remember, and, and this is the other thing too, for vets out there, please don't judge other vets. There's nothing worse. Uh, but if one vet has 100%, you don't know if that person has 500 things wrong with them or one straight 100% issue. Yeah, they compare like we were both in the service around the same time of the year. And I was Why, higher rank. And I was higher rank. Yeah. And I was in country longer. Why does he get more money than me? Exactly. And I, I hate when they do that because that's not fair. Um, another point too is the VA doesn't communicate with your employer. So for those that, and what I mean by that uh, specifically is, uh, your employer can't go to the VA and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I may be wrong in saying this, but can't go out and ask what disability ratings you have, right? Because no. I get a lot of a lot of you know uh, first responders say, "Hey, I don't want to file a claim because I don't want to get caught up into something." Right? I'm very glad you brought that up. So early on in my time doing this i had a firefighter friend of the family came up to me and said yeah i was 30 percent." i said 
you were, what happened? He goes, oh, I gave up my rating. I was like, why? Because I became a firefighter, some small town, Pennsylvania, and his supervisor told him he couldn't have a VA disability rating and be a firefighter. All right, we're we're walking some legal lines yes, here. Yes, absolutely. That there may be another certain... show. <laughs> that could that, be that, a that show. That is another itself. show because there there is one condition for sure. Not yes. not a condition. There is um, an event that can happen, and this is information sharing across federal agencies. And because I lived in the aviation world, this is something that yes, I've been exposed is. to. Yep. VA will talk to agencies like FAA, right? The Federal Aviation Administration. And so for like pilots who have maybe a mental health condition that they never released to the FAA because you have to pass a medical to be an FAA, that information can be shared and, you know, the pilot can lose their medical, which that in turn probably makes them lose their ability to fly. And if that's their primary means of earning income. So that exists. There are some state laws about weapons that exist in each state's probably different. So. There are some caveats for sure. Hundred hundred percent look into your own, you know, realm of if it's going to affect employment. Absolutely. Yeah, but generally speaking generally speaking your employer cannot say, Hey VA, tell me what my employee is. Yeah. You're not gonna be you're not gonna have to quit the police force because you got ten percent for tinnitus. You know, I, I don't see I don't see any state doing that. You know, again. Yeah. So the big takeaways here are, you know, you got rated, everything looks good. Make sure that your effective dates are correct. Make sure all of the um, items that you filed for are actually rated and discussed in your your claim. Make sure all the evidence that you submitted was actually looked at. Yes. Right? Because Gee. the evidence that you submit can help with chronicity and severity. And, you know, some of those folks that do stress tests, you know, stress, here I go, <laughs> not very good looking, uh, stress tests, um, you know, may have a, a private physician stress test that shows that they had a worse, uh, you know, uh, stress exam than the one that they had in the VA. Exactly. And that's what I definitely want to talk to in the denial aspect. That's right. So that's a perfect segue. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your claim was denied. What happens? All right. You're listening to VSO Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Connection, camaraderie, community. That's what you can expect when you visit a local vet center. We build a safe and comfortable environment during and after military service where eligible veterans, active duty service members, including members of the National Guard and Reserve, and their loved ones can achieve their personal goals. Whether you're coming in for one-on-one, group or family counseling, a warm introduction to a local community resource, or just to connect with people who've gone through similar experiences, vet centers are here for you. Our services are available at no cost to you or your family. And once you connect with us, you can keep coming back whenever you want. You don't need to be enrolled in VA healthcare or have a service-connected disability to engage in all aspects of our community. Because at Vet Centers, we're here to listen, not to judge. A lot of us are also veterans, so believe us when we say we get it. There's no need to explain. There's no need to hold back. And since our services are 100% confidential, you can trust us. We got your six. We want to make your experience as easy as possible and help you achieve your goals. Vet centers are conveniently located in your community and offer a range of in-person and virtual appointments that fit your schedule. So stop in for a cup of coffee and give us a call anytime. Let's talk about how we can best serve you. We're available 24-7 at 877 877 
727-8387. Or visit us online at thatcenter.va.gov. Find connection, find camaraderie, find community at your local Vet Center. Hey, this is Eric Segundo. This is Jared Sasson. And this is Jesus Pereira, a.k.a. Jesus. And we're your host on VSO Talk Radio, a show that connects veterans, active duty military, National Guard, family members, and spouses with information and services available to them from local to federal programs. Yeah, each show will provide information related to military service, VA benefits, state benefits, housing and education, as well as in-depth interviews, special guest appearances, and one-of-a-kind perspective on veteran issues. So if you miss our show, download us anytime on any of the podcast systems. This program is brought to you by Ludlow Community TV and the town of Ludlow. Ludlow Community TV is a public access television station broadcasting on channels 191, 192, and 193 on your Spectrum cable in the town of Ludlow. Hey, welcome back. So we just walked through, you know, what happens if your claim is approved. Obviously, there might be some other, you know, questions or anything that we may not have touched on. Uh, if you're interested in anything else, please, you know, just reach out to us and say, hey, you didn't really cover this aspect. I'd like to know more. We'll absolutely um, cover that for you. But now let's talk about it. The claim is denied or one aspect of the claim is denied, whatever the case may be. Uh, I would like... Only there may be, be a lot of reasons why it was denied. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I would like uh, Jesus, uh, if you don't mind, to walk through a claim is denied. One time I watched Jesus do this right in front of me, and it was probably the most. I, I, I do it the same way now. It was like a Star Trek. It moment. literally it was a Star Trek moment right there. I felt like I was like, you know, um, Riker watching Picard, you know, nothing, nothing from <laughs> any, nothing. Okay. So anyway, claim is denied. You have the uh, you have the information in front of you, Jesus. You have the letter of denial. What is what is it you're looking for? Forget, pretend you don't have EBMS at this point. What are you looking for? Because this none of these regular veterans are going to. If they right, so right on the uh, the decision letter that you get in your packet, it is going to. There's a couple of blanket statements that they're going to make. They're cookie cutter statements. They get put on every claim, you know. Um, but what you're looking for are things that the VA is conceding to. And then reason for denial. Mm -hmm. Um, So in some cases, you'll see that the VA will say, we concede to the fact that you have diabetes. But, you know, it is incumbent on the veteran to show that their injury was caused by service. And you say, well, I was, you know, Vietnam era. Well, when the claim was filed, it was filed as a presumptive. And now... The VA is supposed to try to develop this as a direct and everything else, but you provided no evidence. You didn't meet the condition for presumptive, so you didn't provide any evidence that says that it was a direct service connection in any way. Well, and that's the part right there. The first thing you showed me is go through the list of evidence, make sure that everything was reviewed or at least annotated as being reviewed. So that's correct. Go right through that list. There's been many times where I remember working on a, a sleep apnea claim where there were three comp and pen exams for sleep apnea. Don't ask me how I got that far, but there were the last one conceded service connection in the medical opinion of the physician. When the rating was, was presented, that particular DBQ was not reviewed. So, and we'll get to what happens with that, but 
that's a piece of evidence that was not reviewed that favored the veterans claim. Okay, absolutely. And like you said, a lot of general blanket statements, a lot of cuss, copy, cut and paste. And, and you you may not believe this. Sometimes they copy and paste the wrong blanket statement in yeah. an area. <laughs> Happens often. That's so it's so it, denied. So it's denied. So you get you have three three decision review options that you can choose from, right? Yep. A supplemental claim, a higher level review, or a board of appeals, right? Yep. So which one are you going to request? So depending on what it was denied for, right? So let's say, for instance, we'll go through that missing piece of evidence. You know, hey, this... Um, and the VA, when you get the VA letter saying you're denied, it says you've been denied, and it gives you this big explanation on why they denied exactly, it, Exactly, right? yep. Yeah. And they give you in that same letter, hey, but, you know, you can literally appeal to the VA until the cows come home. Now, certain levels of appeal might no longer be available depending on situation, which we'll go into. But essentially, as long as you have new and relevant evidence, um, essentially you can keep on appealing forever. Sure. There's no end sure. to the so appeals let's, process. Let's, let's take this particular uh, claim I was talking about with yep. um, the sleep apnea. With the sleep apnea that had a DBQ that was in the system. It was evidence that was already submitted, but not, not considered as part of the decision. And in that case, you do a simple higher level review. So you're skipping over the supplemental, which we'll go There's into. There's no reason. Okay. No the, reason. The sup, no reason for right. a supplemental. So let, let's go in. What, what is a higher level review? Yep. A that's higher it. level review is a review of your claim with all of the evidence that's already available to them by a more experienced person within the VA. Because you think there's an error or yeah, there's, you think, there's something uh, that needs to I be pointed out. Yeah. And in this case, when I was looking at this claim, I, it's, it's clear as day that there was a... Um, you know, DBQ that was not considered. Right. And in so, this, and in a high level review, just for clarification, you cannot submit new evidence. No new evidence. No. Nope. No. All you're no asking is review this because of this. Because, because we believe that it was an error made. And in this case, it was. And this is where, if you are not an accredited person with access to VBMS, you don't, you don't know this. You don't know that there was a DBQ in the system that wasn't reviewed. Mm hmm. But if those of us that have access, you can go, hey, they forgot to look at that. So I'm going to do a higher level review. I'm a fan of doing an informal conference at the same time, which means the VA is going to call me as a representative mm -hmm. and simply just make that statement. And this is how the conversation went. Hi, Jesus Pereira, a.k.a. Jesus. No, they don't know my name. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm the VA, whatever. We're going to review this. They read this, you know, you know, the, the, the required statement. Yeah. Yeah, introduction, and they go, okay, tell us why you think we made an, uh, an error. This is your informal conference, right? This is the informal conference when they and call me. And just for me. clarification for those listening, if you do request an informal conference, it may delay the review until yeah, the conference. It, it does a little bit. And it can um, be held with your rep or with the vet themselves. Again, I highly recommend veterans, deferring. Listen, veterans. Yes. I highly recommend that you don't do the informal conference. You're yourself. too emotionally driven for this. You, you're, you're going to say all these things that mean nothing. Yep. Right. You, you're going to talk about your emotions and how you feel about it. That's not what we need. What we need to do is cross legal boundaries and thresholds in order to service connect you. Mm -hmm. So in this case, the conversation was the introduction by the VA representative. And I said, on this particular date, there's a DBQ dated, whatever uploaded into VBMS that wasn't considered into evidence. Item 18 concede service connection. And the person on the other line goes, I see it. I see it. You're correct. 
That yep. is the end of it. That That's took it. Not even five minutes. Service connection awarded. Now, without access to VBMS, you probably would have gone and done all sorts of other things and gone years fighting this without knowing that this one piece of evidence wasn't considered. Which, again, goes back to it. When a vet walks into your office and says, I've been fighting the VA for five years. Well, I just looked, and you've been fighting them for four and a half wrong. That's right. usually how that goes. Now, uh, and I hate to one-up, Jesus. I really don't like doing this, but I got to, just on this one. Do I it. had sim- similar higher-level review. When I got the phone call for the informal conference, the guy goes, look, I'm going to go through the entire opening, but I just want to let you know I reviewed the case beforehand. There was a massive duty to assist error. We didn't even see the uh, the um, the letter of nexus that the provider uh, given. Um, if you want to go through, we can, but I'm already going to go to direct grant. I was like, perfect, thanks. Have a great one. Bye. <laughs> that was the end of the higher level review informal conference. So, yeah, uh, this is where you get an outset of eyes because, again, let's go back to our last episode. You're talking about a huge bureaucratic process where things fall between the cracks. The VA is just as fallible as the as, as the rest of us. So when you have someone taking their time to review the whole process and do it appropriately, 90% of the time they're going to see something called the duty to assist error. Yep. Which I also read somewhere, too, that when you request for the higher level review, you can also send them a statement on why you asking for it so they can actually see what it is that you're trying to point out before they even have the conference. I've never, I've never done that as, as a practice in in my world, you know, I use a customer relation database in it. I have, you know, the issue, which is whatever I'm filing for. I make notes in there uh, outlining what, what I am contending uh, is the issue. That way, if someone else in my office has to take that phone call, those notes are in that person's file and they can read it out. Mm-hmm. I've never submitted it with it because yeah, I, I read it. I read it seen. somewhere when I was doing the research for the show, and it said, you know, if you submit it, then what happens is the the raider, the higher level person, sees what your your contention is, and they may be able to just like you said, they'll call you and say, yeah, you listen, I got the statement, I acknowledge it, we've made the error, we're going to fix it because they already know ahead of time what your Absolutely. The reason why yeah. you're—I uh, think mine was just a, in this situation was the diligence of a good of a good person doing their homework before they got on the phone. But right. yes, I definitely well, see your point. Well, the good thing too with the higher level reviews is that if the higher level review uncovers a duty to assist error, um, it will provide a set of instructions for the VA to follow to correct that error, um, and th- they'll allow you at that time to submit additional evidence, which is interesting right because you're in the high level review process but they go hey duty to assist they're opening it up for a small window for absolutely and with higher level review just like when we get to the to the board of veteran appeals one of three things could happen direct grant direct denial or remand remand is essentially goes back to the ro for uh continuation of development and again and again i think this is where our uh stomp you know when you're in class the teacher's stomping yeah this is where you need a vso who is accredited and again, we would or the accredited VSO would be able to help you and not charge you. We do this for free, right? Absolutely. Talk about yeah. claim sharks, but and, and keep in mind that these two items that we're talking about now, right? We're gonna be t- we're talking about um, supplemental, or we're gonna be talking about. I'm sorry, uh, high level reviews and supplemental claims. We're gonna be discussing right now. Um, both of these stay technically in the regional office. Mm-hmm. I mean that that. That's that's what we say it is. It's really in the cloud, but it, it, it stays out of the court system is yes. my point. Yes, absolutely, yes. All right. So 
Higher level review, we've covered that. So let's talk about supplemental claim. What is it? What options you have? So uh, supplemental essentially is not all evidence is provided. Maybe uh, the VA found that there was a gap in evidence or something to show whether it's nexus, whether, again, when you're reviewing your your claim, it's going to give you favorable findings. So if they already conceded, let's say, for instance, toxic exposure, they've already conceded exposure. There's no reason to beat that horse. They've already given up on that. They say, yes, you were exposed, uh, but you don't have, you know, claim condition. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, we do. Did we not provide a diagnosis? Again, everybody is fallible. It happens. Hey, all we got to do is send in a, a diagnosis showing this is an active situation. Bam, you just won your claim in that situation. Again, that's one scenario. So in English, what you're saying, because we, we have broken English here. We do. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, supplemental claim is you, you produce uh, rev- new evidence to submit. It's new a, and relevant. New and relevant. Hey, relook at this. Here's my doctor's appointment that I had yesterday who says something different than what you're saying in the yep. decision. That but now be. on that, Jesus... Is there any situation that you've ever run across where you've provided new and relevant evidence and the VA says, this is not relevant? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <laughs> yep. at the end of the day, again, you're talking about human beings. So in some cases, I have done a supplemental and then had to go right into a higher level review where I had to explain this is relevant evidence, which again, due to assist error, goes back into that system. But yeah, so supplemental essentially is providing further evidence to answer the questions that the VA wants. And and go ahead. I'll say the interesting part about supplemental claims too is that if there's a change in law, and we've seen this recently with the PACT Act, there's a change in law, all you need to do is file a supplemental claim. And I'll give you a perfect example. Thailand veterans yep. prior to the PACT Act with all the presumptive conditions that were listed for exposure to herbicides has showed direct service connection, and those who didn't were denied. Law changes, and they go, yeah, Thailand's not presumptive. Well, you just met, you just crossed that threshold, the legal threshold for being service connected. You file a supplemental claim. You cite that it's a PACT Act claim, uh, and it moves forward under those circumstances. That's right. That's right. Um, really, just for clarification, what does the, the VA mean by new and relevant? That's pretty easy. Uh, New evidence is information you didn't submit to the VA or didn't identify for them to gather. So the VA obviously tries in developing your claims, gathering information. Um, And if you didn't tell them where to get it, and and I'm a fan of not letting the VA go find stuff for you. I say you provide it. Um, If it's never been in the file, you never submitted it, or you never told the VA to gather it, that's new evidence. Relevant is information that proves or disapproves something in your claim. So, for example, you had a bad DBQ from the the uh, CMP, right? Comp and pension exam. The you didn't the 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 comp and pension examiner. You didn't like what happened, right? Oh, whatever, whatever. Oh, right? uh, oh, easy, easy example. I know that now that you're going down that road, comp and pen examiner says you have no diagnosis. There's no ICD code for your diagnosis, but you go, hey, here's my problems list for my, my, my doctor. And I have a diagnosis for this right here on this date. So that would be your new evidence. That's relevant, relevant evidence. because it proves something in your, and claim, that was something that wasn't in the claim originally. Now Correct. let's, let's play devil's advocate. Because if it, right, let me, let no, me, ahead, while we're on this, while we're on the same thing here, because if it was in there and they missed it, then we would have been doing a higher level review. 
In this Correct. case, you're submitting it because it's new, it's relevant, they didn't have it there before. And yeah. now, so playing devil's advocate, let's look at something that we would submit that we would think is new and relevant, but the VA does not consider new and relevant, right? Uh, I will tell you, before I was accredited and I understood and I was submitting things, uh, a lot of stuff that was coming, well, through the state, um, a lot of stuff that was coming back, I would have buddies rewrite lay statements to be more pointed. Well, guess what? You're just re-saying the same thing in a different way. Mm -hmm. That is Mm -hmm. not new and relevant, right? Right. It's not in any way, shape, or form. So a lot of times just reiterating what you're trying to say is not new and relevant to the VA. You know, I'll tell you another thing that's not new and relevant for those that just like to shotgun things in. If you go in and say, well, look, I found all these VA docket files that they approved this person, or, hey, look, I found all these uh, really good, I'm not going to discredit, good you know, new um, medical journal articles that show that this happens. That is all great information. and But the problem is it's all general information. There is nothing pinpointing that to your specific situation. So mm-hmm. if you can get a doctor or somebody of, you know, of, of, important so to speak you know with letters next to their name to be able to say this is the situation with you know mr veteran mrs veteran then in that situation that could become new and relevant yeah and i don't want people to misconstrue something here other claims that have been approved for other veterans can be used as evidence because it shows that the va conceded something so you got to read through that case to see what they're conceding uh in one uh claim that i was looking at it was a Korean um, Agent, Orange, Agent Orange case, which we know right now it's like they, they can see uh, DMZ only, in, right? In the DMZ. But this particular person, uh, particular job, he basically transported mail and stuff like that between, call it behind lines to the DMZ. That case said that there was a probability and, and there's enough evidence to show that it is very likely that that person in the course of their job went up there. So if you have someone who falls in the same category, then you can use that as evidence. The, the, I don't want people to think that, oh, just because they granted it for someone else doesn't mean they won't grant it for me because they can. You got to look at the details of the claim and why they granted it. Right. So to recap, supplemental claim, uh, if it's, it's uh, unless it was uh, uh, based on a law changed that made you eligible at that point, you need to submit supporting evidence that's new and relevant uh, to go through. Now we got to move into the third option, right? So let's say you did high level review, right? you try supplemental claim. Uh, now your third option is a board appeal, right? <sighs> you can do each of them. Not they can't say if you did one, you can't do the other. These are your options. You can, can like you, you said, you can keep appealing until the cows turn pink. You said until they come home. Till they come home. <laughs> I mean, if you're seeing pink cows, I can claim that. You, uh, I just need a good letter or nexus. There you go. That's right. So. You want a board of appeals, right? So request the board of appeals, right? To the and what it is, right? It goes to the veteran law judge at the board of a veteran appeals to review a case. When you fill out the form, you need to request uh, what your what your the board wants, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so, they're looking to see whether or not now my this is my PSA. If you can live in the world of higher level review. And supplemental claims forever. Do that because it's much faster than going to the absolutely right. I'm just, there are very few cases that I f- have had that I feel at this point my head is slamming against the wall. The VA is not making the connection that's clearly there. 
let's bring it to a law judge. But if you don't yeah. mind, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about that process. Go for it. A lot of people are terrified because they feel like when they go before the judge, let's say you do have to go there. It's non-contestual. That judge is not there to discredit you as a, as a veteran, as your situation. What they are doing is they are getting statement of fact. Now, I'll give you a good one, right? So in the realm prior to VBA, Veteran Benefits, uh, or I'm sorry, BVA, Board of Veteran Appeals, if you make a statement, that statement holds some water with the VA, you know, at the early levels. But when you make that same statement in front of the judge, that's sworn testimony. That holds quite a bit of water to the VA. Now, it doesn't mean that your statement alone is going to win the claim, but that gives a lot of evidence that prior to wasn't really examined under that. And the way that I like to say it, and I know that there's a lot of people that will probably, you know, argue semantics with me, but up until the Board of Veteran Appeals, everything is is damn near black and white with the VA. It's followed procedurally. But when you get before the judge, that's where that judge gets to look at the law in the level of gray that it was written in. And they can say without, you know, with within a certain level of presumption, if you meet that 50% probability or greater that yes, this was caused or incurred by, or no, it wasn't. And again, just like we said before with the higher level review process, one of three things. So a lot of people, the common misconception is I saw the judge, does that mean he's going to make a decision? He or she's going to make that decision? No, <laughs> you still have a very long time to wait because now they have to take all of that in. You have a window, which we'll talk about that. You can still provide evidence if necessary. And it's going to go down to one of three things, either direct grant, direct denial or remand, which is the more common of the three, which means it goes back for further development. Right. So just to recap, when you when you request the Board of Appeal uh, BVA, uh, it acts as you, there's three options, right? Direct review. Uh, you don't want to submit any evidence uh, on the hearing, right? Evidence submittal, if you want to submit additional evidence without the hearing, and then the hearing, right? If you want to uh, the, the veteran uh, law judge to hear uh, with or without evidence, right? Now, really quick, because uh, we're, we're coming sh- uh, on the clock here. How long does uh, the... the vi- uh, English again, English? No. <laughs> Not very good looking. <laughs> How long does a decision review take? You know what it is? I'm talking and I'm seeing the clock as it, as it runs down, so I'm trying to get the words out faster. Uh, supplemental claims. What is the goal of the VA? 125 uh, okay. days, right? These are goals. 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 This goals. is the goal. This is VA's published goals on the goals. website. Not they're, they're not meeting these goals. Yeah. Yes. The, the goals. Supplemental claims are average. They want to. Their goal is to do it 125 days. The goal for higher level reviews, 125 days. Board of appeal, 365 days. Far from it. Yeah, I will tell you right the now. Average is longer. Much longer. Especially when you're submitting evidence. And that's why to 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 really highlight what Jesus said, if you can live in the supplemental higher level review, if you can continuously get the evidence and answer the questions for the VA, do so. Do not go to the Board of Veteran Appeals unless you absolutely have to. All right. Recapping, what if you disagree with a decision review? You can request another review. Remember, cows come home. That's right. You can keep going. Right. <laughs> After the supplemental claim, you can ask for a higher level, a board of appeals. Uh, how long does the higher level? We talked about that. What is an informal conference? We talked about that. You guys, you know, just list, re-listen to the show because these are very important uh, options you have when your claim is denied. But again, at the end of the day, what you need to take from this is if you have an issue, 
talk with your VSO because you shouldn't go to any of these levels on your own. Uh, because well, because you're an emotionally driven individual, as we all are, whenever we're talking about a question that's imposed is. Jesus, I did this on my own, right? I filed my claim. I got denied. I asked for a higher level of you. I went on, on my own, and they still denied it. Does those decisions, and I'm just posing this as a question just for the audience, are those decisions that are uh, are done through higher level of you or a supplemental claim can be used against the claimant when he goes to the next decision yeah. option? Yep. So, again, this is why you want, someone who's trained, educated, certified to help you in these processes. Because once you submit something or say something in any of these review processes, that now becomes evidence against you or in a positive way or negative. But as we say, there's no, no giving back that bite of the apple. You've taken that. Perfect. That's exactly. I was trying to find the the, the easiest way. You've taken that bite. It's in there. It can't. It can't go yeah, back. You have to refute that bite now. Anytime you go forward, you have to show why that was a bad bite. Right. And so, real quick, before we uh, go too far, um, you know, we, we talked about how long it takes for for them to make a decision on the three different types of board um, appeals. That's how long the decision takes. That's not how long it takes to get to the hearing or or get to the point where they look at it. Yes. You know. So what that's I mean? that's after you've seen the judge. Right. So, right, right. you know, there are three different th- ways to speak to the veteran lot, right? You could a uh, virtual hearing from home, you could do video conference hearing from a VA location, or you could do in person board uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, caveat, you have to pay for the travel cost. They don't do that. But the hearing option will take an average. This is this is, again, VA's average 730 days, two years for the board the hearing. Uh, for, for the, the hearing. hearing. Yeah. And then you have to add the time for them to make the decision on top right. of that. Right. So what we, what we were talking about earlier is how long it takes the board to make the decision. So the direct review, right? If you, if you just go to the board, no new evidence, they're saying in about a year, they'll hear your, your, your case. And then it takes them a couple more months, five months to make a decision. Yep. Think absolutely. About you, I mean, if you say you're going to provide evidence, so let's say you have your, you have your hearing today, you're talking in front of the judge today. They have to leave that window open for 90 days before they can even move forward with anything else because they have to grant you that time period to provide that evidence, and it's 90 days. Now, the other thing I do want to say real quick, and it's been a while since I've actually looked at the this up-to-date statistic, but last time I we, we talked about it, I want to say that their direct grant is somewhere in the realm of 70%. So they are uh, veterans are winning claims at the Board of Veteran Appeals. It's just... You have to understand that whole process is very long, very, very convoluted. Yep. Any uh, final thoughts? Because we are coming up on the time. I don't even think we have time for uh, a wrap up. Use an accredited agent. Work with someone that has access to VBMS. uh, Make this process easier for you. Don't pay for this. Period. Don't pay for it. Disclaimer. You don't need to pay for it. We are There are plenty of accredited VSOs out there that can help you through this process, especially if you go through your through your VSO right from the beginning. You can avoid a lot of these denials. That's just the way it is. All right. Guys, uh, great show, great topic. Again, if you're listening, download all four episodes of the Disability Claims. Have a good week. 